Welcome back to Bit Different, everybody. This is Satine. And this is Rob. And I have not been up to anything. <laughs> what? Come on. I know you've been doing something. <laughs> I wish I was cool and had things to do, but instead I'm playing, uh, watching Orphan Black. Okay, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, but it's not cool if that's the only thing you're doing. I, hey, <laughs> I, I spent a solid just like maybe two weeks doing nothing but watching Orphan Black. I felt plenty cool. Yeah, okay. Maybe yeah. I'm cooler than I thought. I think so. You're doing fine. I like that. All so, right. So, so Orphan I'm Black. I'm cool and watching Orphan Black and yeah. I'm obsessed with it. As you should be. Yeah, it's um as good as when I watched Alias for the first time. Like I just cannot stop watching it and the characters are so intense and interesting and who is your favorite member of clone club oh my favorite member of clone club kasima oh, i love kasima yeah she's she's a little bit of column a and a little bit of column b like <laughs> smart yet innocent and she's kind of sexy she's very sexy and yeah. she's uh is she, is she bi or a lesbian she's gay she's gay yeah yeah and i love that too of course so. right yeah. yeah actually a lot of characters in um orphan black are queer yeah well there's her and there's uh felix of felix course. and um, then the tran well i don't want to give anything away well i mean it is the, the show's been on for four seasons oh yeah. So, and there's a trans clone i was curious i wanted to ask if you if you'd encountered the trans tony clone, but i didn't want to <laughs> i didn't want to bring him up yeah tony's uh, been there if you uh if you hadn't <laughs> seen it yet yeah, Tony's cool. He's yeah. a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Tony. And I mean, it's just full of like queer kind of antics, which we love. Yeah. So um, yeah. And then um, who's your favorite? Uh, my favorite uh, like main member of Clone Club mm-hmm. is Cosima. Cosima. But um, my favorite sort of uh, underappreciated and sort of underrepresented member of Clone Club is... Allison? No. Helena. I, although... Allison and Donnie episodes are a treat whenever yeah. they happen. Oh my god, they're so funny, those two. So they just, should have their own spinoff. And I so did not care about <laughs> Donnie for a while, but man, Allison and Donnie are so fun together. Yeah. Um, no, my favorite is Crystal. I haven't met Crystal. Crystal is amazing. She's awesome. Uh, is she like funny or she's smart or what's her gimmick? She is uh of the entire bit of Clone Club, I mean, I, I want to consider Helena a little bit of an innocent in that she is a little... Um, Naive. Well, she's a little touched. Like, she just doesn't totally realize, I think, a lot of things. Gotcha. Just because she seems has a little bit of, like, an arrested development sort of thing. Okay. Um, but Crystal is in the dark. And in the dark, she's completely naive. She's totally aloof. <laughs> and there's something about her because she, the best part about Crystal is that, like, and you'll find with time, she has a lot of theories, and her theories are not totally wrong, but like they're a bit off. Yeah, but they're not right. Like they're not right, but but like she's she's smarter than you would think, but even then, she's not right. Okay, she's I can't wait like, to meet her. She's like Beavis and Butthead. Like they're always like sort of sixty percent right, but just wrong enough that they completely miss the mark. Gotcha, and are really funny <laughs> while doing it. I love it. Yeah, like Crystal is. Y- you'll love her. Okay, like, I can't, I can't wait. wait for you to meet her. <laughs> she's season three or four. I think she shows up in three. Okay, so I should be coming up on her pretty soon. Yeah, it should be happening. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, um, I also love. Like uh, Helena, uh, Helena, she's like the Ukrainian crazy who's <laughs> like this God-fearing woman, and um, she's 
she wants to have babies, but she's nuts. And <laughs> I would be scared for her children because I feel like she wouldn't be able to fend for them, even though she'd love them so much. No one is more terrifying when talking about babies. I want my babies. <laughs> Do you have my babies? Those are my babies. Yeah. <laughs> she's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that I show is... That show's a winner. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. We recommend. Five stars out here. Seriously, and... and uh, the lead star Tatiana Maslany. She is just She's something special. Epic. She plays all the different clones. She plays like six, seven, eight characters, and she and they're all completely different. And you believe they're completely different people. And honestly, I figured since Sarah, the lead clone, I figured that was like who she was as a person. But uh, even like the main character has an accent that is not hers. Yeah, like, she's Canadian. She is Canadian. She doesn't really have an accent. Nope. And yeah, she's uh, she really sells it. She sells all the characters. Like you, you totally buy that it. They could all just be different actors, right? They're all so different. And I also like how she's a huge advocate for like the queer people. Well, and because she was at the Glad Awards, she's that you at were the at, Glad right? Awards. Yeah, and um, she's an advocate. She's a huge supporter. So we like that. That's Thanks, awesome. Tatiana. And she won mm. her first Emmy last year. Yay! Hooray! So. That's so cool because she deserves she deserves an Emmy for every character yeah, she plays. She deserves several <laughs> Emmys. Okay, <laughs> she should have like a whole case full. Yeah, that actually would have been funny if she'd been nominated multiple times. Yeah, for every single character. Yeah, supporting role, main. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. Well, how about you? Where are you up to? Um. Well, lately, um, Todd and I have been watching a huge amount of the USA Network, um, okay. because uh, we shot a commercial for uh, modern family when modern family got syndicated for usa okay three and a half years ago and we were in for about four seconds a spot where people were declaring themselves to be mophies which was their shortened version of modern families okay and um so todd and i went and with braddock because there are a lot of parallels between cam and mitch and me and him both of just uh sort of uh, proportion of us as a couple and backstory and that he grew up on a farm in Missouri just like Cam mm-hmm. and I am Southern Californian with a ginger beard and I'm the more logical cold-hearted one so I'm totally Mitch we have an Asian <laughs> daughter and that we have a pug we have a pug <laughs> and so um, we, there are a lot of parallels to draw I mean there are stretches but they were still fun to do yeah. and um, especially the pug <laughs> it, it, helped, it helped us get cast so it was fine yeah it's um, awesome yeah we were in a spot three and a half years ago for a couple seconds and um, we heard from a couple friends that they saw us and we were surprised to hear that, that those ads were back on and turns out we have a full 30 second spot that is currently airing and so oh wow congratulations thanks. and only we, three and a half years later yeah and we just saw it last night we were watching usa all the time so many syndicated reruns of law and order svu uh hoping to just see ourselves and yeah. we finally saw ourselves during an episode of modern family no less ah perfect timing so <laughs> was it a good episode uh we were fast forwarding just to see the commercials <laughs> oh, so funny <laughs> which is strange it's not a thing i typically do um, yeah unless you're in it but yeah so we were uh yeah that was fun that was the thing that happened that's uh, awesome you are international well national no, we're national yeah so that's yeah. cool though braddock's a star Braddock is a star. Um, the whole spot, she's either panting or chewing on a rawhide. She's very cute. <laughs> um, and then also, I'm trying to think what else has happened. Uh, Todd and I saw Ghost in the Shell over the weekend. Okay. How was that? That was, I, heard, I hear mixed reviews. That was a movie. Uh, I did not love it. 
I didn't hate it. I liked it more than Cure for Wellness. Oh, so you'd give it three stars? Out of what? Out of five. Sure. Does Netflix still do the stars thing? No, now Netflix is a thumb up, thumb down thing. And apparently it is not going over well with people. Yeah, because I like, because I don't like binaries. I do not like binaries. Yeah, well, and like, anyway, Netflix's star thing was interesting because it was, uh, before you rated it yourself, the stars that it gave you was not an average of the amount of stars the program had. Yeah, it was an indication of how they thought you would rate the show. Yeah, it was it was an anticipated rating from you. Yeah, which and, was great because well, it's usually pretty accurate in my case. For me and Todd, it was a little weird just because Todd has significantly oh, different taste in shows than I do. You share the same account. We do. That's the problem. Which we could create our own you thing. You have to do but, that to yeah. get an accurate, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ghost in the Shell. It was a thing. It was fine. I didn't have a whole lot of love for the original movie. Mm. I mean, I saw it 20 years ago or whatever. Okay. And um, I was young, and I think a lot of it went over my head, to be honest. Yeah. I think I was too busy looking at just the, the look that it had. There's a lot of philosophy to go with that one. Yeah. I mean, like Ninja Scroll is such a straightforward action movie. Yeah. And so that's the one I really liked. And Ghost in the Shell was interesting, but not my favorite. Yeah. I never saw it. I just know my brother loved it because he had the poster above his bed. So, mm-hmm. well, and um, it definitely, yeah, it's very stylish. I could see, especially like given that your brother went into design and yeah. stuff, I could see that Ghost in the Shell actually is probably very, very good for that. Yeah. Oh, and he was in our last episode. So if he you was. haven't listened to it, listen to the last episode. Yeah. Go back. Go back. Um, <laughs> we'll be here waiting. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but yeah, like it was, it was cool. And of course, it's hard to, ignore the casting controversy of it all but um but yeah it was uh it was fine i don't think it was uh, especially offensive and to be honest and this sounds like you know kind of uh being okay with something that's not okay to be like i think they did a thing with that it sort of explained the casting choice is white yeah like they they gave a a, a sort of an explanation and it could just be retcon kind of shit Mm -hmm. but um they gave an explanation as to like she was japanese when she died created so so to speak and her brain got transferred into this synthetic body the synthetic body was designed by a company Mm -hmm. and so they decided to design her to look like scarlett johansson like and so and they actually added a thing that i thought paid off emotionally towards the end that sort of had to do with the fact that like she doesn't look the same. Are they saying that Scarlett Johansson has a very, like, very, what's the word? Like a sort of default or generic default look. Default generic look. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they're saying? I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, I mean, that I wouldn't be upset if more people look like Scarlett Johansson. No, she's um, dope. But yeah, like, it was, it was, it was cool. Um, and, uh, I thought it was interesting that the movie, you know, as much as there's outrage here, for the lack of um, representation uh, for the lead character of Major, um, the movie did totally fine in Japan. Like, but it, it bombed did, here. Yeah, it did not do well here. It did at like all. fourteen million on a hundred and ten million dollar budget. It was yeah. not good. Although when Todd and I saw it, our theater was nearly full on weekend two. Huh. So I was surprised. Um, but I don't yeah, know. it was it was it was fine, and it's gorgeous though. That's like the style. It's got down. Yeah, it was gorgeous. You saw it in IMAX. I wish we'd seen it in 3D or IMAX okay. or both, because uh, I think it would have been really cool, especially because the strongest stuff about it was its look. Yeah, um, the, um, but you know, another movie I think will have like a similar kind of look will probably 
probably be the new Blade Runner. Which, so I'm definitely going to see that in IMAX 3D. I could see that being a movie that Todd and I definitely pay the 50 bucks or whatever to see for the two of us. Oh, yeah. I was like, where are you going? Well, when we saw Kong Skull Island, it was almost 50 bucks for those tickets for the two of us. But you IMAX went to 3D. the Chinese theater. We did. So you always know that if you go to the Chinese theater or you go to the Arclight, you're going to pay like top dollar. <laughs> well, but in Los Angeles, what other IMAX theater is there nearby? CityWalk? Isn't there the one at, at um, NoHo? Oh, I don't go to North Hollywood. It's not that far, but it's half price. <laughs> I did not know that. It's okay. legit. Because yeah, like IMAX, I, I go to IMAX movies so infrequently. The only one I could ever tell you existed was the one at CityWalk, and I'd rather be set fire to than go to city walk oh i love city time. walks oh, it's so it. simple to just get up <laughs> there and go anyway and yeah. it's never crowded but whatever oh so avenue dictionary word of the week oh and what is just that to expand our horizons and our minds are we going to have a robot voice read it to us well it's the voice of dictionary.com okay so yes <laughs> <laughs> or you could just say it in a monotone this robot lady yeah but i, I pronounce it wrong <laughs> Okay. Fine. And the word of the week is. Did we get well, that? Do the do the the bottom of your phone near the microphone. Oh, Try it again. Good. Oh yeah. See, smart. Okay. Here we go again. The word of the week is. Fanfarinade. 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 Oh, yeah. Fanfarinade. Fanfarinade. That's a lot of syllables. Yeah. What do you think it means? <laughs> <sighs> well, it sounds like another word. Yes, you know it, <laughs> it does. But uh, like, would just uh, give me, give me, give me the, give me the. Well, deets. to me, it sounds like lemonade. Ooh, <laughs> and I'm a fan of lemonade. So maybe it's <laughs> so, a fan of lemonade. So it's like if you're a fanalow <laughs> to Barry Manilow yeah. <laughs> or a believer. So it's a fan of lemonade. Yeah, that's fan fanfarinade, or it's bragging, bravado, and bluster. Also, kind of the root where, word of where fanfare comes from. Got it. So being a fan of something. Got it. But you so brag about something. Yeah, so it's a fanfare to a nauseating degree. Yeah, exactly. Cool. That's it. All right, then. Well, yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know anything about shameless self-promotion. Watch USA to see me in Todd's commercial. Yeah, and follow a bit different on everything, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Tell a friend. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know anything about shameless self-promotion. No, of course not. Neither would RuPaul. Yeah, totally foreign to me. <laughs> Neither would RuPaul. <laughs> We're going to have a candy bar out next week. <laughs> but um, what would our candy bar flavor be? Nuts. Just plain old <laughs> nuts. Mixed nuts. Mixed nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, maybe with some uh, some chili in it, because uh, we're pretty Real spicy. spicy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like I go that. with that. Yeah, Todd always refers to me as spicy whenever I get uh, spicy. I say salty. Oh, which yeah, I can be salty too. Yeah, but yeah, it's I think a it's good bar because I'm part <laughs> uh, because I'm part Mexican. Todd always refers to me as spicy whenever I uh. get you know shitty. <laughs> I love it. Where are you playing? Uh, it's been a, it's been a week where I played some stuff. All right, um, Let's all hear right. It. First off, I tried out Drawn to Death, which is a free PlayStation Plus title. This month, I, I I didn't download it, but I watched the trailer. It looked interesting. It has a great look to it. It's it's designed to look like it's a multiplayer shooter designed to look like sketches in a notebook. Mm-hmm. And um, so drawn to death is a lovely double entendre yes. for a title. Um, it's from David Jaffe, who created um, Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's uh it's cute it but uh, to me i did a couple matches didn't love it i didn't love the humor that it had um it has a lot of style it's just not style that agreed with me so played it experienced it it's not for me it's fine it seemed really fast paced and being somebody who did not really care for doom because it was so fast mm. i couldn't really focus i like a game that's a little bit slower paced so i can focus that's why i like uncharted multiplayer and a lot of those yeah you know, more of like hide and well, seek they have games. a little bit more weight to them i think yeah you know? and yeah like drawn to death it is a game where every i mean it's, i think it's multiplayer only so it's only deathmatch for the most part yeah and um most characters are or most other players are bullet sponges uh, oh. I could unload just, it, it felt like 50 bullets from a machine gun into somebody before they finally died. And I was wow. like, I think I've had it. A bullet sponge? I've never heard of that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, um, anyway, drawn to death. That was the thing. Okay. Um, I finished the Dark Souls 3 DLC of the oh, Ring City. Oh, God. Piece of cake, right? Oh, yeah. It was totally fun. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was very hard. I did the, the secret extra boss that was extremely difficult, and um, it was amazing. And I'm very, very sad that it is the end of Dark Souls as we know it. But there'll be another. There will be, but it might not be for a couple years or something. Yeah. Did but you platinum? No, I didn't platinum. Oh. Unfortunately, the, the platinum on that one requires that you learn all of the sorceries and all of the miracles and just sort of everything. And my character is a bit of a... He's kind of a faithless idiot because oh. he doesn't have any intelligence so you're a warrior. or faith. I'm pretty much a caveman <laughs> a with a club. Yeah, like, I run around with a lot of heavy armor and big swords. I like that. Um, but yeah, like uh, fucking loved it. And I cannot believe that... Dark Souls is done. Makes me want to play through Bloodborne again, though, because mm. that is the best. And, I need. Um, I haven't played either, so I need to play. Oh. I, I know. So it's like starting from scratch. So I get to experience all of it. I feel I need to throw the Dark Souls two disc at you because that's like a really good entry entry point to the series. As we it said, it kind of scares me. Oh well, I can help. Okay, because like. Oh my god! I feel like I have to do Dark Souls two with you because seriously, like I have a digital, <laughs> I have a digital copy, like we did Diablo three, and a disc, yeah, and Diablo three, which you totally played through on your own. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, oh, it's so good. So um, also, I was going to go back to Mass Effect. Okay, except That's I'm still playing. Persona five came out. Ah, uh, I want to play that so badly. And seriously, I like, want to go back to high school, but not really. <laughs> well, and based on all the reviews it was getting, I mean, it has like a ninety four Metacritic. Jeez. I was, I was kind of convinced. I think I need to give this thing a shot. So yeah. I started playing it, and holy shit, that game has so much going on for it. Like the combat's good. It's got this abundance of really good, consistent style. Hmm. it's just really really cool um, i like the cartoony kind of like anime look to it well and it cuts to actual like cell animated cutscenes. oh yeah yeah I, I did yeah i saw that in the trailer oh i can't wait that what got me interested in persona 5 was actually persona 4 which i also never played but they had a really prominent trans character in it and i was like oh, oh well if they're treating trans characters with dignity yeah and have you know have a good role i mean i maybe they'll do the same for persona 5 so well which i haven't encountered i haven't encountered a whole lot of diversity in in persona 5 yet at all like yeah. and i i have heard i have a feeling that's gonna be uh something that is bad well and, and i have heard that like even like the main character has limited same-sex romance interests available or limited same-sex 
relationships period oh god Um, and also like one thing that was kind of surprising is that it is a game where you do not have a choice in the uh, in your character at all you are assigned this this is your main character this is who you are you get to name them but that's it okay um but yeah like it's amazing but the the only thing about it is just because it kind of deals with this element of um time management where like you go to school and then after school you have a choice of if you want to foster friendships or better yourself or work a part-time job or take on the dungeon, there's choices you have to make and you only have a limited amount of time to do everything. So the game kind of stresses me out a little bit because it feels like literally living another life. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of systems and there's, I feel there's a lot of pressure. So I did get to a good stopping point, maybe about eight, ten hours in, somewhere in there. And I went back to Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, you couldn't ha- you couldn't handle the pressure, huh? No, <laughs> no, no. So I'm back on the Mass Effect Andromeda, which um, I was kind of excited to go back into since it just got patched. Oh yeah, oh god, and it's such a good patch. Seriously, like they they made everyone have less crazy dead eyes. I was wondering why, because I that's what I'm playing right now, and I was looking at my character when I was playing, and I was like, why does she look so much? more beautiful than she did last time. <laughs> Much I was less like, terrifying. Is, is there better lighting in this level? I didn't know what it was. And then you said, oh, they patched it. I was like, well, of course they did. Yeah, they did a global fix to every character's eyes because eyes it were a problem. Nuts. They look like cyborgs. So how is Mass Effect treating you? Um, It's good. I finally destroyed my first architect, which I hadn't really approached one since the first one kicked my ass. But now I've um, created some outposts on different planets, so now I feel like I can go back and destroy them, which I have been. So, and how uh, how goes the romancing? I am a slut, and <laughs> I've already <laughs> fucked Liam. At a girl, yeah, and I'm gonna fuck um, <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish girl next, the plant woman, Suvi. I think her name is. Yeah, that sounds right, Suvi. She's. Um, the co-pilot. Yeah, that 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 accent she has is great. Yeah, and she looks much better now that they redid her eyes. Because before she looked a little cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about her. Oh, and I've also met this guy who is perhaps British in um the level right now I'm on. It look, it's like um acid water and there's like coral and it's a really beautiful level but there's this guy in a nightclub that you can have like romance options with oh i just met him uh victor reyes yeah so i believe he's I've some sort f- of latin oh, oh yeah although but he could be british although, looking at his character bio his former pilot code name was anubis which makes me think he might be maybe like egyptian oh, or egyptian yeah hmm. i don't know but yeah. Well, you have romance options with this bad boy, so I'm going to go for it. He seems very mysterious. Yeah. I'm going to have babies by the end of this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's see how that works out. Nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Mass Effect. Yeah. Love it. How about you? Good? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I was happy to see the patch, and also one of the nice things about the patch was the... Um, no more melting people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still hope to see the occasional weird animation thing. Um, but yeah, like they uh, they just sort of like fix some stuff. The game still needs more patches, but um, this is a great start. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, I'm still sort of slowly progressing. I got one level up to 100% viability or one planet. Okay. Viability already. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm moving on. I'm currently on the same planet that you are on where you meet Victor Reyes. Yeah. Uh, if that is his name, I hope it's right because I keep saying his full name and watch. I'm probably totally wrong. <laughs> Um, Should I double check? Yeah, if you, mm-hmm. you could if you want. Uh, I wouldn't step you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so playing through that. Um, and oh shit, I missed a game I did last week. What's that? Uh, I played through Final Fantasy XV's updated Chapter 13. Oh, you would go back and do that. I am not the person to go back and do that. I was just so curious how they were going to fix it. Which it turns out, I guess, if you are playing through the normal game, you still play as the character you normally did during Chapter 13. Um, but they just sort of buffed you and made it less annoying. Um, but if you've already finished the game, you can fire up this chapter 13 sort of part two from the main menu. And you get to play as Gladio. So you get a whole bunch of like beefy Gladio butt kind of shots while he goes and kicks some ass along with uh, Ignis or Iggy. Very nice. And um, yeah, and it was it was cool to see that. And it gives you a taste of his combat style. So you know if you want to pay the five bucks for the gladio gladio uh dlc sweet so it was fun it was like it was a nice little quick 20 minute trip back into final fantasy 15 which of course took me i think nine hours to download because it's like 60 gigs and my internet connection was sucking Mm -hmm. so um yeah so i downloaded it for the better part of you know the week while i was playing other stuff uh in the background and uh, then I played 20 minutes, and then I deleted it again. Hmm. So that I was fun. I don't know if his name is Victor Reyes. Oh, I could be it's wrong. It's Reyes. Is it Reyes? Luis Re- I don't know. It's not coming up. Hmm. It's weird. Well. Anyway, who cares? But it's Reyes. It's that guy. Yeah, Reyes. Okay. That's the one. I was half right. Yeah. Whatever his first name is. Um, I don't know why it's not showing me the first name anywhere, but whatever. Reyes. <laughs> so. Okay. Nice. Uh, yeah, so guess what's coming out? What? Uncharted. Oh, Again! <laughs> always with the Uncharted. Yeah, they announced um, the release date of The Lost Legacy. Excellent, and when is it coming? Uh, August 22nd for the US. That is late August. Yeah, but it's right before my birthday, so it's actually perfect timing. I think <laughs> they actually timed it for my birthday. Yeah, you think they knew? Yeah, I think so. So, Chloe's number one fan. God, if the world doesn't know that by now. <laughs> I even wrote a, um, an article and it was called a love, letter to no- a, a love Letter to Naughty Dog. Thank you for Chloe. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cute. Well, yeah, and it's going to be what? It's a, so is it a, is it a standalone thing or is it DLC where you have to have the disc? Uh, it's a DLC. Okay. And it's going to be like a 40 hour, cam- or 40, a 10 hour campaign. That's crazy. That's like half so the length of the full game. It's a pretty, yeah, it's the largest level that they've ever created for Uncharted. And they said it's quite bigger than the Madagascar level. So, yeah. And 40 bucks if you don't have the um, annual pass, season pass. Cool. So, of course, I'm going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, and we got Nadine back. We got Chloe. They're on the hunt. And it looks like one of the items they're looking for is the tusk of Ganesh. And in the tip of southern India is where they're headed to. Cool. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Chloe is part Indian. I did not know that I either. I didn't know that. So that was revealed. So 
Yeah. Nice. So I think we're going to get like some ancestry for her. Nice. Well, like some real context. Because yeah. she's always been kind a of mystery woman. An, yeah, an enigma. She comes yeah. and goes. So I'm very excited. And yeah. So nice. Yay for us. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I feel like, uh, you know, as much as I enjoy the Uncharted games, I don't enjoy them on the level that you do. Oh, God. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh, so I wanted to go back to Persona 5 because I read this little funny article on Kotaku. And it's called, um, My Beautiful Perfect Child Deleted My 40-Hour Persona 5 Save. Oh, God, my palms just started sweating. I know. It's so good, though. That's terrible. And I just want to highlight some little um, quotes from it. (laughs) So um, apparently this guy who reviews video games, he... Got 40 hours through, had like the perfect dream team he was creating, and his child accidentally deleted it to play a game called Ukulele. Ukulele. Yeah. Whatever, ukulele. So, um, this is part of the um, article. I tried to stop him, my wife said as I opened the save menu. My knees grew weak, my heart sank. It was gone. It was all gone. Where there had been a game with nearly 40 hours of gameplay. There was now one with 15 minutes. Ugh, that is... Can you imagine? That's awful. Well, in Persona, I'm currently, I think, using all of the save slots. So if I ever lose one, I've got one that's probably 20 minutes younger. (laughs) So good. He only saved over the second one, my wife offered. Yes, Seamus Seamus had helpfully skipped over the first save, created after only 10 hours. Good lad. I could have wept. I could feel that lump in the back of my throat just waiting to burst. I sat on the couch, staring at the screen for what felt like forever. Then I handed Seamus the controller, stood up, and returned to my office. Ugh. That's the best. Well, Pure poetry. <laughs> like That just is heartbreaking. Um, that starting a new game overwrote a oh slot. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. I feel like it's... I feel... Like, um, this has happened in my life recently for something that yeah? I'm not going to talk about. We're <laughs> <laughs> living the dream. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I, I feel like at least this is a thing that I was pretty sure to sort of safeguard as much as I could against. Yeah. With either cloud saves or um, just making sure that, like, Todd has his own sign-in on the PlayStation and on the Smart. Switch. Because I know for a fact that, like, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, when you select... Uh, to start a new game it over it clears all of your game saves on that profile Jeez! and so it that's was a, stupid it's a little ridiculous that's really stupid and so Todd, even the like, original zelda you could save multiple games yeah when so the 8-bit luckily you can have multiple profiles so at least you know there's that so <sighs> yeah i made sure that todd you know had a, a profile and knew that he had to be signed into his before um before starting a game, or uh, I would have lost like what sixty hours worth of work. Oh, is that all? That's all. Oh. Chump change, really. Chump change. It's only a few days worth of yeah constant gameplay. Exactly. <laughs> it's only like a full time job for a week and a half. Right. <laughs> Chump change. Oh man, it's weird when you put games in a context like that. Jeez, tell me about it. But for I'll do it for Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain games that I could just play forever. I, I want them to do a new Metroid. I know that's completely off topic, but I need to see Metroid again. I could play Metroid forever. Yeah. Yep. As like 
one of my favorite game series. I could definitely do another one. Yeah. So. Um, I have uh, another little article I want to get to really fast, and then I'll let you. I know you have something you want to talk about. Oh. But, um, so, Overwatch. Apparently, there was this company that made cheat codes for it, and they were selling them. And the article says, Overwatch cheat maker told to pay $8.6 million to Blizzard. And it's BBC. And apparently, um, it says, the Bossland hacks... Or no, there's this company in Germany called Bossland, and they sell these hacks. And so the article says, The Bossland hacks destroy the integrity of Blizzard games, thereby thereby alienating and frustrating legitimate players and diverting revenue from Blizzard to defendants. Which is so. 8.6 million. I wonder how much money they actually made selling these hacks. A lot of fucking money. Like, I wonder if they actually made that much, or... I don't think so. If this is more of a symbolic number. I think it's saying you shouldn't have fucking fucked with them. Well, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, like, that's to to say that $8.6 million is how much revenue was lost out on. Right. Is, that's some pretty far-reaching hacks. That yeah. sucks. That's crazy. And the reason this is so important is um, Blizzard is angry because, you know, esports is a huge thing and people bet money on this stuff well, now and the overwatch league is just getting started which is like their official right esports league yeah so um it says if the cheats work then they fundamentally break the gameplay mechanics as it's impossible to balance these types of games as a consequence and so they're like okay well what's the point of having the game if everybody's cheating like the mechanics don't work yeah so and Overwatch is, you know, pretty balanced, um, given the amount of characters it has, and even the unlocks you get in Overwatch are strictly cosmetic. They don't change any of your character abilities. Right. So, so yeah. So, they're getting fucked. That's... Sorry, Bossland. Hey, well, I feel like they sort of asked for that. Yeah. That, that, I think that's probably one of the hu- biggest lawsuits that I've heard of, where a company like Blizzard took on a smaller company and won. Usually, it's the flip side. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, like, seriously, it, it is, like, when you're doing something that actually is, like, a, like, not, I guess, black market sort of thing, like, a, yeah. it's a hack, um, then you're kind of fucking with something that isn't yours and right. um, causing legitimate damages both to um revenue streams and also people's sort of uh the way they see the game yeah. like themselves their yeah, own personal interpretation of it. it yeah i mean that's what happened to me in diablo 3 when remember i told you that person um joined my game and it's like oh this is cool and started giving me these really cool tools mm-hmm. and i was like how am i like just murdering through this game realizing um that they were completely modded and it took me a while to get my game back to a regular standard because he fucked a lot of shit up. That sucks. Yeah, it was really bad. Whoops. And it made me really hate the game at that time, which that's what Blizzard does not want to happen. Yeah. No, it seems... Yeah, good for them for, for winning that Yeah, thing. good for them. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Yeah. So. Nice. What do you got for us? <laughs> um, well, uh, two weekends ago, um, I went on assignment for the podcast, 
to uh, the Queerness and Games Conference, or QGCon. 2017 at my old uh, alma mater, USC. Yay. Um, which was cool. It was a, It's a two-day sort of conference where um, there's a lot of panels, uh, workshops, and presentations about various uh, queerness in gaming uh, issues or concerns. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. It was, it was cool. I didn't go... Uh, for all of both days because I it was it was my weekend and I needed a weekend. But um I wanted to go and represent and actually and there were some talks I really wanted to see and 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 learn what I could from. There was because there was some some cool stuff. So I'm just gonna go real quick through some of it. Um yeah. But yeah, first impressions, it was really strange to be like in an academic capacity again. Since I know, isn't that crazy? Oh my god, I hadn't been like I, I had a notebook and I was taking notes of people in you know, a presenting capacity. I felt like I was taking notes in college again, especially <laughs> since I went to college there. Yeah. Uh, of course, when I went there 12 years ago, uh, that building that we were in didn't exist. Ooh. So it was the, in the new cinema building that um, George Lucas gave a ton of money to build. Oh, that's um, awesome. So it was cool. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it was it, the one of the stranger things for me is just that um, being around a bunch of very young people who have figured out who they are so early like i feel like i didn't really come out until i was 21 and even then i was real shaky on who i was yeah i didn't come out well i came out at 15 to my dad and i never really came out to my brother he just kind of figured it out along the way but i didn't come out to like a trans until i was 32 oh wow so which is crazy because I'm only 18. So. <laughs> yeah, how is that even <laughs> how possible? How does that work? <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, yeah. So it was interesting being around so so many people that really have already identified sort of how they are, and even just and it was interesting being in such a safe space where um, on your name tag they had you write your name and your preferred pronouns, uh. which you know I I felt weird even having I felt weird writing my preferred pronouns just because. For the most part, I really don't care what you call me. Like, just anything but, like, hey, asshole, and we're, yeah. we're fine. Or some sort I'll of, even answer or, that. Yeah, or hate speech I don't love. So you yeah, can well, kind of keep that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you, you could probably call me dummy or asshole, whatever. I'd be like, yeah, what's up? Uh, yeah, um, I respond to nerd or dork. <laughs> exactly. <about> it. <laughs> um, and so it was, it was, it was interesting. Like uh, as a convention, it had a like a sort of guideline set of rules about how they want you to uh, treat others. Okay. Um. And um, it was just it was it was like also kind of fascinating in a academic capacity. Every presentation, especially because it dealt with a lot of queer issues, um, which often stem from negative problems. Uh, a lot of presentations started with a slide about content warnings or trigger warnings, which mm. is something totally foreign to me. I was used to the idea of higher learning and and college that the intent was to challenge your views yeah. and present things that maybe aren't always the most pleasant. Yeah. And so it was interesting to me to sort of see like that uh, everything here, even in the context of like, we know this is going to be about some stuff yeah. that's not always pleasant. Had it's a queer, you know, it's going to be about queer games and gamers and things related to that. And that's so. often a toxic environment. Right. And so, so bring it on. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was ready. And also, and like it was, and the whole thing was in the voice of a very supportive and uh, very, you know, um, constructive room. And, but it was interesting though, just having to, to 
to like everything started with this trigger warning thing, which I thought was a little pandering, a little coddling. Ah, um, but uh, but yeah, and it just it kind of was interesting to me in that I I do kind of wonder outside of academia where a lot of these sort of gender and queer studies majors what they're going to do with their lives just because everything was so highly examined to the point of i just don't know what real life would like i don't know how uh this way of thinking necessarily applies to real life anymore yeah but it's, um it's holding your hand speech you know and that's that's 12 years of just you know me working not in academia talking where you know like i can speak about issues but um i I guess i don't examine stuff as closely as a lot of these people do instead of instead of doing what they did it just the disclaimer should be get ready for a roller coaster of emotions (laughs) here we go (laughs) here we go um you're on it but yeah so there was some interesting stuff like uh one the first thing i I sat in was called uh, who watches the overwatchman and it had to do with um diversity in overwatch because if you think about it uh, their character roster includes includes uh, gender, nationality, um, ability, age, uh, sexuality. Yeah. Um, it covers so many different sort Began of things. It. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and um, that was interesting to hear. And then um, the next thing was about autcraft. But wait, what, oh. what, um, what, like, was the most interesting about that panel? Um, that panel, like, it brought up interesting questions, but didn't necessarily make any firm conclusions. It's just an interesting panel, well, <laughs> like, and some, idea. Well, and some of the, what I wasn't expecting is that some of the conference was almost like um, doctoral presentations where um people came up with like a hypothesis and the methods of their research okay and at this point they were still trying to work through the stuff to come up with a real conclusion so a lot of it was presenting questions but not answers gotcha um which was cool but also at the same time i don't know i felt i came for answers sometimes yeah but uh it was cool. it was all right um well it is a learning environment you're all learning together it is <laughs> and like there was one that was cool about um autcraft which is the uh it's a minecraft autistic safe space server that is okay. managed by um parents of autistic children and it's a safe space for autistic kids to build relationships with other kids and um not be potentially victimized if say their username actually has like autistic in the username um because they found that uh in uh, in normal minecraft servers people or realms i guess they are um some people were uh i think it's servers um i think realms is world of warcraft uh either way um lost me i could be totally wrong (laughs) i I don't do i don't i don't play these games i don't play Um, either but like um people were like destroying people's creations and just kind of trolling them just because they're autistic? Just because people are dicks. Wow. Yeah. And so um, this is a safe space kind of server, and it was really interesting. Like, one person asked a question that I was surprised she didn't sort of lead with this sort of stuff. I thought this was really... Um, Eye-opening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fascinating. Um, they asked if anyone did any sort of... If uh, the builds that people did were different from non-autistic players. Yeah. And um, she was like, no, not really. They still tend to build the same houses, castles, sort of, you know, uh, dwellings and 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 features in, in games. But one thing they noticed, though, was that uh, sometimes players would go and dig a hole in the ground and cover themselves in it, which was 
the equivalent of them going into a sort of uh, sensory deprivation room or like a dark room that's quiet, Mm -hmm. which some kids on the spectrum do uh, when they get overstimulated or they can't cope with what's happening to them. Oh, wow. And so that is interesting. I thought that was totally fascinating and I couldn't believe they didn't lead with that just because it's really it. I never thought about um, people sort of making such a specialized space in a game that represents a specialized space that they use in real life. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. that's quite a, um, observation or discovery, I would say. Yeah. I thought that was really noteworthy. And I think that actually, if I were doing her research, I would think that that would have sort of possibly even redirected my research just because yeah. it's so, it was really interesting. So there was that. And then, um, the keynote was the narrative director for the Dragon Age games. Ooh. Um, who talked about the privilege of default. Uh, the, um, and a, uh, sort of that. unspoken bias in AAA titles about how, um, he, as a, uh, white cis male brunette, uh, the typical go-to hero for most games. Yeah, he even said, he's like, AAA titles have a diversity problem in their lead characters. And he had a whole collage of just how they're all the same. Nathan Drake, Joel. Yep, I mean, semi-grizzled, white cis Shepard. Totally. It goes on forever. And, totally. And he talked about how, um, especially in Dragon Age, whenever, like, um, one thing he realized is that by making a default character, that default character tends to be those facets and like say they do a thing where they have a computer procedurally generate a crowd the crowd often tends to be based off of the default and so they noticed for one cinematic where they let a computer generate a crowd the crowd was all white male soldiers Oh my god! And it sounds awful. And it got released that way. And he was just, and he was horrified when he realized it because then you see another scene from the same. Sounds like DC, like <laughs> from the same patch I of DLC. There. there was a crowd where um, the crowd was manufactured or uh, you know designed by a designer, and it's extremely diverse. It covers the multiple races in the game. It covers people of different nationality, gender. It it just it is varied. And so he even said that it's not that, I mean, some game designs do have a diversity problem in Mm -hmm. general, but like even people who officially wouldn't really have that much of a diversity problem because they're building games and they're going out of their way to make them diverse. Um, But when you let a default happen, things automatically sort of fall back into this unspoken bias. Um, and so they talked about like one thing they did for uh, Dragon Age Inquisition was um, since there's four character types, say I don't, I haven't played it, but let's say like I guess a human, elf, dwarf, and no, yeah, there's like a uh, cat breed. Is is that because I I know there's that in Skyrim, but I should know if there wasn't Dragon Age Inquisition. Maybe I'm thinking but, Skyrim. <laughs> so there's a fourth character type. Yeah, uh, and then of course uh, they do the gender binary of male female. Um, and uh, they talked about how um, they made it so when you uh, start building your character, it randomizes. So you don't default to that straight white man. Exactly. It randomizes at least so you could have a female dwarf or whatever. You have an equal chance of the eight possibilities. Yeah. Which is cool. It's a good start. Yeah. And he even talked about how like in their game development documents, they don't refer to the player as he anymore. 
Wow. Um, or like they don't refer to the lead character as he anymore. They just say the player yeah. when they talk about the bigger sort of stuff. And they are, they said they're doing their best to um, not make it. So because uh, like with um, Dragon Age 2, I believe, whenever they did um, like look boards or early shots of the player character in an environment, they used the same uh, brown haired bearded man. Mm-hmm. And by, you know, the second month or whatever, everybody in the office had assigned that guy to be the main character. So all concept art, all promotional advertising guy has it. this guy in it. And so that was a really kind of interesting thing where I think it just it was a it was a very eye opening for them recognition. Well, that reminds me of something that happened the other day. I was talking to a friend and he was really interested in buying um, a Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what are your thoughts on the game? I said, oh my gosh, it's amazing. You should play it. It's awesome. Like everything I know about it is just like superb. And he's like, okay, I'm going to get it. I'm going to send my assistant out to get it for me. And the end of the day happens. And I said, oh, did you get the game? He's like, no, I actually watched some trailers and I didn't realize you played a woman in the game and I don't like games where I play as a woman so I didn't get it and I was thinking that is the dumbest shit I have ever heard in my entire life some of the best games have female protagonists right so you've never played Tomb Raider ever really Tomb Raider that's insane yeah so his loss yeah he'll never get to play Bayonetta oh my god Bayonetta you know or Metroid or just it's it's or any yeah well and good job well, and, and it, it is, especially with Bioware, I know a ton of people who, you know, and just people of all walks of life that went out of their way to play as Femshep. Femshep is the best. Well, she, yeah, she gave more dimension to the character with the performance. Like, Femshep was, for all intents and purposes, the more compelling uh, Shepard to play the trilogy as. Yeah. And so, like, I feel a lot of people didn't get to experience that, but, like, those who knew they got a better experience. And oh, I love Femme Shep. My yeah. Commander Shepard was my everything. Well, you made her into a badass bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was awesome. Kicking people out of windows. Yeah, she had a, she had a um, grudge on her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was... Uh, well, and speaking of, of even Horizon Zero Dawn, um, I love like uh, one of the... One of the owners of the company I work for is currently playing it and loving it. And... Um, Every day, pretty much, we talk about kind of where he's at with it because something new is happening every day, and he's he's way into it. And he's gone out of his way to talk about what a great character the lead character is. And his wife has even remarked how she loves that this character isn't hypersexualized. She's just a cool character. She is beautiful, though. She is, but in like, her own exotic way, and, and in sort of she has dreadlocks. She's redheaded. Of, it's yeah. thing typical traits that you typically wouldn't think she she looks scottish pretty much well and she has a, a natural look about her which yeah, is yeah nice. she's natural beauty and um but yeah she's and she's just uh she's a character with real motivation who's doing her thing and she's being awesome yeah i like that um and then uh so yeah then on day two i went to a presentation at qg con that was a panel that some friends of mine were were um were running presenting okay and um they felt it was going to be a touchy subject and it was mm. um but it was interesting it was uh about a game a biofeedback horror game that they made called Nevermind. um and they did an additional level 
for it that was post-launch. Um, and it was a storyline about a transgender woman. Oh, I love that. And um, but everyone on the team is cisgender. And oh, so I don't love that. Their uh, their presentation was how a cis team approached a transgender story, and it was about. Um, and they knew that they would possibly, you know, uh, well, upset the first some step, people. Hire a transgender person. Well, for that and like and they, <laughs> yeah, and so a lot of their talk was about how they they worked really hard to get uh trans playtesters to come in and and talk to them and make sure that they handled the narrative in uh an appropriate manner yeah and that's that's the biggest faux pas with these games they're having trans characters and well you don't know the journey so if you haven't been on our journey you're not going to know how to deal with it absolutely and um and of course in the other they when they they had multiple storylines that they could have pursued the trans storyline was the most compelling and it was a story they felt they needed to tell even mm-hmm. though it wasn't necessarily their story yeah to tell and so which um, i appreciate yeah it's really cool and then but like you know they had their fair share of problems they had a hard time getting trans playtesters to come in and, and talk to them about it like <laughs> uh i recommended three people to them uh and uh everyone was too busy I mean, trans people are very busy people. <laughs> so <laughs> we have things to do. <laughs> no, and, and and yeah. So uh, it was. I, a, yeah, you were very busy at the time, I which was unfortunate. Bad. And they were on tight deadline. Yeah, that's the other thing. It was yeah, it was very soon. Yeah, and um, they even had a hard time when it came to casting, to casting the the, the lead character in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it was a it was a cool um conversation to to hear and um and they were. You know, they fielded questions. There were all sorts of. Then there were some. There was some some hardballs. Yeah, there were some hardballs lobbed at them. And I think, I mean, obviously they didn't want to upset anyone, and um, and they wanted to just do what they were trying to do right. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like they definitely did uh, everything they could to yeah. to do what they you know with um, they did the best they could across the board, and um. And it was really cool to hear them just, you know, kind of uh, bring that up. Like, and they chose that topic because it was it was worth bringing up at this convention. Because, um, uh, and I think the team the team is pretty small, and so um, I want to say either a quarter of them or half of them were running this thing because uh, the lead is a uh, cisgender straight woman, mm-hmm. and um, she's a listener. Hi. Hi, and um, we will be coming to you to talk about uh, games on the podcast eventually. Just yes, heads join up. us. Um, and we won't just talk one about one of game. us. One of us. <laughs> yeah, it won't just be about your game. I promise. <laughs> um, we'll talk about all sorts of stuff. Um, but your game is really interesting to talk about. Um, and then uh, another member of the team is a, a gay man. Okay. And um, so yeah, they were the ones running the the talk. But yeah, so Queer Gaming Con, rousing success, learned a lot. Yeah, um, had, sounds awesome. I wish I could have been there. Well, it happens every year. Well, I'll be sure to get my tickets now. Right? Because yeah, this is this was the uh, fourth oh. annual, and um, and yeah. So next time we gotta go. Yeah, because I can't be the only one going on assignment here. I know, but remember, I'm the one who sent you the info. You did, I did, and even... I was sad I couldn't go. Yeah, I, I didn't even know it existed, to be honest. Till you sent really me that thing, I had no idea. I don't even. Somebody sent it to me. We need to get our finger on the pulse because we need to get it together. Because seriously, we people are messes. send us all this information out there, so we know what's going on. <laughs> we can't do everything. <laughs> yes, we can. Yeah, I still haven't been to Gamer X yet, even. 
which is oh, the I want to do indie game. Oh, Indiecade. Indiecade. Me too. It's in what Studio City. It's super close. Or Culver City. Culver. That's the yeah. That's the, one. the city. Studio City is north. Culver City south. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, I want to go to that too. Okay, let's do that. In the past, they had. A... I think it's really expensive. Though. Oh, is it? I think well, there's some free stuff though. Maybe we could do a GoFund to us. Or maybe we might be able to get some sort of media badges, you know, given that we have a podcast. Oh my God. Are we media? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a couple of years ago they did, they had um, like uh, Space Invader art that like was freestanding. And I really, I meant to go get a picture with it given that I have a Space Invader tattoo. Yeah. So. Huh. Should have do done it. it. Hopefully we'll do it again. We'll get our act together. Someday. Someday. Hopefully by tomorrow. <laughs> oh, speaking of someday, oh. the third Thor film is coming out, and the trailer's out for Ragnarok. I always and, say it wrong. And, and uh, <laughs> how did that trailer treat you? I love it. Kate <laughs> Blanchett looks so boss in it. She looks like a goddess of death, which she plays Hela, the goddess of death. So there you go. I'm on board. When she catches Thor's hammer in that trailer, and it crushes into a thousand shattered glass pieces, amazing. I am just excited about Thor getting a haircut. Yeah. He looks good with the short hair. He does. He looks pretty fucking hot either way, if you ask me. Also, I do like the fact that this movie looks like it has a sense of humor, which I feel like the previous two Thor movies were sorely lacking. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of getting on the um, the Guardians bandwagon with their sense of lightness. Hopefully not that goofy, but I mean, like the Avengers, like they, they know how to have a laugh while they're doing action. That's true, yes. So, yeah, I'm hoping that they kind of play into that. I hope they add some humor into some of the, like, the um, DC films. I feel like that's what's missing is like... The DC films tend to be pretty serious. They're pretty serious, and I think that's where they lose us. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's a cool trailer, though. Looks awesome. Um, BuzzFeed said everybody's going to turn into Kate Blonde Sexuals after this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to go goth (laughs) due to her look. Very nice. Can't wait. Because, yeah, I I could deal with a couple of of people dressing up as her for Halloween. I think you should. I mean, I'm going to. Good. Now that you said that. You better. We need to have multiple Halloweens a year, though, because I feel like every episode we come up with a new I perfect know. costume for you. Yeah. Well, we'll be hella for now <laughs> until the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Nice. Um, so. Who are you crushing? Oh, God. I wanted to ask you. Okay. No, no. You tell me. Um, my crush is very sexy. And he's from the 90s, and he's blonde. Is his name Corey? No. Oh, okay. Are you thinking the Corys? No, I just, <laughs> but I feel like, well, the Simpsons always makes the thing of, like, you know, the, the, the heartthrob that Lisa is in love with named Corey. Oh, I love your and Simpson of course, references. And he's playing off of the Corys, no doubt. No doubt. I love the Corys. I used to have a crush on them combined, not one or the other, but really? when they were together. You couldn't make a decision between Haim or Feldman? I think Feldman only because I love Goonies. Okay. I love Goonies. Yeah, I didn't love Haim, I don't think, in anything. It oh. was always all about Feldman. No, but but um, The Lost Boys. And, uh, what? Of all the Corey Haim movies, I think my favorite was 
License to Drive, drive which dope. is kind That's of That's my hilarious. brother's favorite movie, actually, Travis's. Really? It's his favorite movie ever. <laughs> License to Drive. But it, it is all about Feldman, though. Yeah. I love him. So, okay, who is your crush? Oh, yeah, so I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we get so distracted when we talk about um, Corey. Yeah, my crush is Axel from Streets of Rage. So you like a man that in game? a... Yeah, you like a man in a tight t-shirt who hits people? Yeah, and some tight jeans. <laughs> I was always blazing it, and I got to, like, beat up people with Axel. And in my mind, they were dating. I feel like if we did some, like... Oh, you know, Axel... Uh, Blaze I could be for cosplay. Yeah, I feel like Blaze is a total, <laughs> like... That is an outfit for you. You just gotta, like, make your hair all 80s-tastic. Just, like, yeah. volume to the point where it looks dry and shitty. Like you'd be hanging out in a heavy metal concert parking lot. Mm, but I still want to look cute. Oh, no. That's part of the fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And that's what her like tight reflective red like tube top and mini skirt Ooh. are. Yes. Like um, like an opalescence. Right. It, totally. <laughs> is she wearing, is it a tube top? Is that what that is? I mean, I feel like she's wearing two pieces, right? Well, it's basically what I wear every day. A mini skirt and like a top. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Blaze. I'll do it. That's the stuff. I win. Yeah, so <laughs> love me some Axel, that bad boy. Mm, yeah, wet t-shirt contest right there. <laughs> I'll do it. Nice. How about you? Uh, my crush of the week is um, Adam Jensen from Deus Ex, the two most recent ones. Oh. He... Enlighten me. He, um... Hmm. He has a weird sort of weird, like, Kermit voice. He, he sort of talks like this almost. It's a little weird, like, and it's a little oh, off-putting yeah, at first. Sexy. Yeah, it's a little off-putting. <laughs> I don't do a good Adam Jensen voice. Um, mine makes him sound a little more like Gollum than it should. Yeah, um, Yeah, but he, he definitely has this sort of, like, it's a low yet nasal kind of voice. Okay. But um, it's got a good uh, good chest and torso. Uh, metal arms that can break things. Gotcha. Uh, he has cool hair. Okay. And uh, he seems like a smart kind of uh, a smart guy. Plus, he has built-in fucking sunglasses. They're built into his face. Explain. So, <laughs> like, as he is augmented, uh, because he gets thrown, like, he gets thrown through like a glass thing, and it nearly kills him. So half of him is now robotic. Okay. And in the process, though, I don't know why they had to do these for him, but um, he has sort of like uh, almost like half circles or like C's on the sides of his eyes. Like Jory LaForge. No. No, it's just like it's like, like Cyclops. A, no, they're not like that. Kind, they're not like those kind of glasses. No. They're like little like sort of outlines around the side of his eyes that um, only on the outside of them uh, where like they sort of just go shik, and like these sort of like uh, shields little eye shields yeah they, they sort of pop out like instantly right. and the, so they're, they, by the time they're done they, he looks like he has rimless frameless sunglasses so basically two sheets of glass in front of his eyes yes all right it sounds hot they're pretty cool let's um, do this but yeah so adam <laughs> jensen and of course one of the uh one of the phrases he says the most because um when he talks about his augmentations because they were done against his will because he was about to die he always says i never asked for this and so yeah, he didn't ask to be he's my, like Weapon X. He didn't ask to be my crush of the week, but he is. Oh, but he is, and yeah. he's so lucky, right? Yeah, I um, actually have to yet to play the Deus Ex games. Uh, yeah, I need to. You still have your PS3 hooked up, don't you? I do. Ooh, because yeah, 
they're they're good the the bummer about human revolution the one for the ps3 um that generation of systems the bummer about it is that uh the boss battles were designed by another team and they don't jive with the rest of the game in that like there are some boss like because in the game you have a choice if you want to play it stealth or if you want to play it action or if you want to play it like a combo of the two Uh and based on that you can spec your character differently and i know like when travis played it i think he specced his character to be 100 percent stealth okay his combat skills were next to none And there's one boss you have to fight your, like most of the bosses, you have to fight your way through. There was no way that you could stealth your way through the boss fight. And so Travis hit a a hard wall where this boss was impossible for him to kill. It was, I think it was actually impossible. Oh. And so the game was basically over for him because these boss battles were poorly designed for all character types. Oh, and stupid. luckily i was a bit of a tank so i was able to go through it and finish the game but um and they did when they did the director's cut they updated it so they fixed it so the boss battles actually had um ways to navigate them for all character types gotcha which was good but um the fact that it launched like that was a problem yeah um, that's a bummer too yeah but um, really, it's a good game though, and uh, Mankind Divided, the new one, is. Um, I hear it's really good. It's great. I had a yeah. really good time with it. Sweet. So, yeah, Adam Jensen, and um, oh shit! I think by the time this thing comes out, I will have completely missed an opportunity to post my crush of the week from last week on Instagram. Oh, I never do did it tonight. It. All right, fine. Yeah, because this launches. I tomorrow, keep slacking so. on that. I just talk about them, but then I don't. I know. I actually almost did it for you, and I was like, "Nope, got to teach him a lesson." No, oh god, <laughs> I like to learn things the hard way. <laughs> fine. Yes, got to take initiative. All right, fine. Um, I'm gonna start looking up photos right now on my phone so I can post them now. Yeah, sounds good. Right. And while you do that, I am going to talk about a cosplay of the week. Ooh, yes. Yeah. So, um, his tag is at Alex Cosplay on Instagram. And um, is it another like gender bendy Princess Mononoke type? God, I wish. No, he's just actually um, an N7 Ranger or maybe perhaps Commander Shepard. Hmm. Um, and he's just really cute. And his costume is legit. And yeah. I've seen a few N7 um, soldier wear, but this I feel is like probably my favorite. So he wins. Congratulations. Week. Congratulations on everything we're going to give you, which is just a shout out. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> Mad props. That's what you get. Yeah. And you'll get your face on our our thriving Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right next to Joel, probably, mm, at some point. Joel. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, but um, that's pretty much it. Anything else? That's all no. I got. Thank you so much for listening. And um, you can follow me at Satine the Dream on Instagram and Twitter and Satine on Twitch. And I am Fast Danger on Twitter. And I'm Mr. Gladstone, where Mr. is spelled out, on Instagram and Twitch. Nice. You could follow the podcast itself um, at BitDiffPodcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can email us at BitDiffPodcast at gmail.com. We have new episodes 
every Wednesday. Every Wednesday? Every Wednesday. Wow! I know. That's totally worth what I'm paying. Even if things went wrong, we'd still get it to you every Wednesday. Seriously, that is <laughs> that is a bargain. That is a bargain. Um, and uh, would you kindly follow, rate, and comment about our antics on iTunes and Google Play? It will make it so more people can find our antics. Yeah. And then they can rate and comment. They tell yeah. two friends, and they tell two friends, and so on and so on. Yeah. Remember that <laughs> episode of Family Guy? Falcor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so stay tuned. Um, I think we're going to have a guest next week. Yay. Because um, there's been one guest who's been sort of hounding me at home okay. uh, to be on the uh, the podcast. So I think we'll probably have him on because I think he's got lots is of Is it Braddock? About. It is Braddock. She has lots of feelings. Aww. Lots of feelings. We'll give her a treat. <laughs> You'll hear a dog snoring and charting through the whole <laughs> podcast because we're giving people what they want. Yes. Pugs wheezing and struggling to breathe. We love it. Oh. She's so On cute. that note, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining us. Yes, and um, stay tuned for Todd next week. And have a wonderful Easter if you celebrate Easter. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And Yom Kippur for those who, yes. who observe that. Fabulous. So, yeah. All right. Thank Get you it. so much. And ciao Bye.